0: Hello, welcome to Overburn, the podcast for postal workers. I'm Kevin Hitchings.
1: And I'm Brandy Hughes. And as Halloween is coming up, we're going to talk about something that strikes fear into the heart of postal workers everywhere. We're going to talk about separate sort and delivery, otherwise known as SSD.
0: So SSD is uh, something they tried back in the 90s under a different name and was quickly dismissed as silliness. And then in 2017, they pretended to consult and basically informed the union that they already had this plan and then very shortly later announced it to the floor without any proper consultation whatsoever and we knew they couldn't really consult because it's a really bad idea.
1: Yeah when they when they put it out in the summer of 2017 uh, CUPW made a number of suggestions of um, alternatives that they could use instead of.
0: Well we, we should maybe talk about what it is before we talk about the alternatives.
1: Uh, I was just going to, at the time, they suggested that maybe they should purchase more land or expand the facilities, use different postal equipment, or process the mail and waves. Okay, Those yeah,
0: because basically what SSD is, is a plan for the corporation to not expand or improve any facilities and just make uh, what they would call better use of the space they have. They have what they call uh, night routers or night sorters. Uh, that would come in and sort the mail, and then the letter carrier would come in the next day, the next morning, and just pick up the mail that was already sorted and tied out for them and leave for a straight eight hours of delivery. That was the original plan. They've modified it a little bit since, but that's essentially what they wanted to do.
1: Yeah, when they when they first brought that forward in 2017, they went, oh, well, maybe we could get them to work you know, early in the day so that they're not working at night, because most people don't want to work nights. Not all people, some yeah. people like it.
0: And then push a letter carriers <laughs> later right. in the day. So, just to screw up two people's schedules instead of one.
1: <laughs> right, but I think we all know that there are a lot of places at different times of the year in Canada where just trying to get even a six hours of delivery out in daylight hours is a struggle, right. just because of seasons. And
0: but the idea behind this, of course, is that one night router could come in and tie out four or five routes and only use one case. And then the letter carrier would come in and need virtually no case. They would just need to um, take their mail out to their vehicle, take their cart with their uh, packages and whatnot out to the vehicle and just load it in. So anyone who's a letter carrier knows there's many problems with that. Uh, first, you obviously would not get to combine your sequenced and your non sequenced mail. You wouldn't be able to mark your packages in your mail. and their idea was well, you can either do that really quickly at your cart or do it in your vehicle, which would be great fun when it's minus 40 in a blizzard.
1: And, and also, so ergonomically safe, right? Like, you're never going to have a sore back after leaning into a vehicle to, to rearrange things yeah, for it's a an hour.
0: Completely ridiculous plan. Yeah. Um, the other thing, of course, is the whole idea of the two bundle system was shown to be not ergonomically viable several times and they just keep tweaking and putting it forward and we still haven't completely resolved that. So they're stacking this new unsafe system on top of another unsafe system that we still haven't resolved and just adding to these problems. Um, and of course, if all your mail is basically, you pick it up and you go and you can't combine it, they're forcing that two to bundle system. Plus if it's titled for you, there's no way um, to easily customize your route, not that any litigator ever would because we all follow the header board exactly every day without fail.
1: Even when they're built in a really unsafe manner that asks you to drive across four lanes of 90-kilometer-an-hour traffic in right. you know, half a block or um, to walk by the same park seven times with no delivery or um, <laughs> there's there's lots of examples. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I guess my point is that we all know that they don't always build routes that make sense or that are, that are safe.
0: And I've never seen anything official on this, but I've heard rumors and talk about it. Uh, the eventual plan would be to follow an MSC model. And for those places that still have MSCs, um, what they do is they put the entire city into one giant loop instead of a bunch of smaller routes. And based on how many packages or how much mail you get, that's where your route is. So the first person gets the first 80 parcels or whatever, and the next person gets the next 80 parcels. And some days that first 80 might have you ending on 5th Street and next day might have you ending at 7th Street. So the routes would change every day. Um, and there's been talk that that's the eventual goal of SSD, as the night routers would, t- would sort everything as one giant route. And they would do it uh, probably by weight rather than points of call. I don't know. But they would pull out X much mail for the first guy and X much mail for the second guy. And you would not be doing the same route every day. So I don't know if that's ever been officially labeled anywhere. But I have heard talk of that, which would just be an added nightmare.
1: Well, there would be no predictability to your day, right? You wouldn't know where you're going to start or where you're going to end.
0: And you'd be slower. Like we all know that when you're you're new... Your route takes you two or two and a half hours longer than it does after you've been on it for a couple weeks.
1: Right, you wouldn't know where your washrooms are. You we know where your washrooms are. There's lots your of safety concerns. Yeah, because they're supposed to designate places for you to have lunch, right? which
0: they won't. Yes, and it could be argued that's not any different than a relief carrier, but relief carriers choose that too. They're not forced into that model. Well, generally, they don't have a choice sometimes in what to bid.
1: And I find that when you've been a relief carrier, especially if you can manage to stay at one facility for most of your time, you do get to know the roots. And so, yes, you're not going to do the same one every day, but you might do the same eight to ten routes. you know, do this one for two weeks, then go do that one for a week or or even if you're a sick relief or other absence relief carrier, maybe you have your favorites and you pick those as often as possible and, and you get to know them really well. And then only every once in a while do you have one of those days where yeah. you don't know what to expect. And if you were
0: fairly high up on the list, if you were like routes or carrier number one, two or three, your route probably won't change a lot. But if you're a carrier 40, 41, 42, you're probably going to have a huge variance day to day in that rotation. So again, I don't know if that's ever been officially part of it, but something that I've heard talk about.
1: I've heard that too.
0: So, uh, obviously safety is a big thing in this, uh, fatigue in letter carriers is always a big issue and I haven't seen any allowances for extra breaks or any stretch time or anything like that. If you're expected to just come in and pick up mail for eight hours a day, what are you going to do when the U-Haul catalogs come out and you're carrying, you know, 50 of those around at a time for Mm -hmm. 10 hours? Uh, or sorry, for eight hours probably take you ten at least mm-hmm. on those well, days. Well,
1: they'll build it to be eight, but it'll take ten. Yeah.
0: Well, and again, because you're not going to be able to customize your route to take over, take out any of the silliness that they do. So, okay. how is that going to help health and safety? It definitely will not. And just the repetitive motion on people that do nothing but sort all night.
1: Yeah, that's going to be hard on them too. I mean, it seems like it's the easy job given the two options, but I think. I personally wouldn't want to sort for eight hours a day in a, in a case. Like, oh, you know, there's only so much my shoulder can handle.
0: I imagine there'll be some part-time there, but still, we don't want part-time, we want full-time, and it's it's different than there'll be in the plant, too. There'll be a rotation of duties, because what else is there to do other than sort? There'd be a little bit of packet sort, but not a lot. The vast majority of time would just be sorting over and over and over and over again, and it would just be mind-numbing, I would think.
1: Yeah, I know I have issues with that, even sorting one route on a heavy mail day where I'll just get to the end and I'll be like, I don't I don't even want to think about these these calls anymore. Um,
0: I'm guessing too, I haven't seen this, but the night routers would also probably prep your flyers as well. And uh, that's the one part of the job I really don't like It's prepping flyers. And I could not imagine doing that for four routes every day.
1: I don't like doing it either, but I also don't like the way other people do it for me. Um, you may not know this about me, but I'm a bit of a control freak and i like things done my way.
0: better than, than just not doing it, I guess.
1: Just not, not collating? Yeah. I, I don't know how people deliver five, six, ten sets without collating. Like to me, that's just, ugh, I can't even imagine. Um, it, they must do a lot of picking up of flyers. Okay. One other part of the, the health and safety aspect is to me, the the mental component is probably the biggest issue i would have with it and this is the same issue i have if someone else came and sorted my route for me and then expected me to deliver it it stresses me out to not know what's there to not know mm-hmm. that there's a parcel for number 34 or that i have a signature for number 212 or whatever like i just i have i have to know where those things are when i go out to start my day or else I worry about it. Like I worry, did I miss a parcel? Did I forget to scan something? Am I going to get written up later for that? And I know it's ridiculous to worry about those things, but if I know where they are and I flag them myself and I I know when I'm expecting them, I just find it so much less, um, less stressful for me in my own brain to do that. And, and I know that's silly, but that's just how I am.
0: And the West Depot where we work out of in Saskatoon used to be pretty good with health and safety. We did a lot of improvements there to fix things up and make a lot of changes. And in the last year or so, they clearly do not care. And they've allowed huge backlogs of hazards to build up that they just clearly have no intention of ever dealing with. Um, When that's your route, they're bad, but at least you know where they are. When your route changes every day, and the negligence, gross negligence of management, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat that, is even more dangerous, but I don't think management cares because if you get hurt, it's not like you're off duty necessarily. You're more likely that they accommodate you on one of these night routers and they take away your work-life balance. They take away your willingness to report, which is always something they're heavily targeting is trying to get people not to report and, uh, just if you do, they're gonna to threaten to force you, and they'll probably hang it over you as a threat, because that's the kind of bullying and garbage that management tries at Canada Post. And uh, yeah, it's—I think they know they're creating a safety hazard, but they don't care because they can force you into this night shift. And right. uh, especially in the last year, they've really, really shown that they do not care. Yeah, and I
1: don't—I don't know that that's just here. I. Every time I talk to people from other places, it seems like that's nationwide, that their management just doesn't care at all about injuries or...
0: Which is super frustrating, because we were making some good ground for a little while. Um, we had a uh, operations manager in Matt Zebarth, who was really big on it for a little while, and uh, was actually willing to make some changes, and he left, and everything just went to garbage.
1: Do you really want to talk up Matt
0: I don't want to say too many good things about any management, but in that one area, <laughs> he, he he was doing well for That's a while. That's
1: fair. I mean, he, he, well, better anyway. <laughs> he was willing to listen to suggestions, and he was actually willing to implement them. And I, I don't agree with everything he did, but definitely if, if we came and said, look, this is a serious problem and someone's going to get hurt, he would look at it.
0: Okay. And I don't think it's all... Uh, change at the state level. I think we had a new regional manager uh, around the time he left too who really neutered health and safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately, he's gone now or will be shortly. So we'll see if things change back. But anyway, so that's the plan of separate store delivery. They've uh, tried it in Laval is the main place. Um, Calgary, Deerfoot, they were going to try. Uh, But Laval is where they run the main test project.
1: Yeah, and then they reported to um CUPW that all the carriers in Laval loved it. And uh go figure, people didn't believe that. So when they tried to introduce it at the North Fraser um facility in Vancouver, um the carriers didn't believe them that everyone loved it. And and there's some notable differences between those two facilities. So Laval had already been mostly converted to CMBs under harper's postal transformation plan and of course trudeau um put a a moratorium on that when he came into power um uh but north fraser is still has mostly door-to-door delivery and this is vancouver there's a lot of steep steps there's a lot of hills it's all up and down it's not straight and level right so i've never personally walked those walks but i have heard from the people who work out there that it's exhausting like all of that up and down I'm I'm a lucky prairie deliverer so it's mostly flat
0: yeah we gotta right? try hard to find a hill
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah like we joke about the hill and you're like is there a hill oh I suppose there's a bit of a slope there yeah
0: yeah people complain <laughs> about the avenue h the Westmount hill which is barely a slope
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah so so it, while it it didn't work well in either place but it was drastically um harder to walk that length of route in in a place like vancouver they did face some other challenges too when they when they went live with this plan uh as people knew that it was coming a whole lot of people decided to transfer out of that facility they didn't want to work there they didn't want to deal with this so um when they when they started they had 20 uncovered relief assignments and at least a dozen vacant routes. Some of those have since been filled, but I mean, starting out day one, they were desperately
0: short-staffed. I don't know how many routes they had in total there, but even in a large facility, 20 is a lot of routes to be uncovered.
1: Yeah. Well, and to, to not have the relief, like, cause I mean, cause people are gonna try these new routes. They're gonna get so many days in and be even if it's mildly injured and they're going to go to take a day off to recuperate and no one's there to cover their route.
0: and I think it's worth pointing out again that this is so that Canada Post does not need to improve facilities, take care of their facilities or basically spend a dime on anything. They would much rather um, hurt people's work-life balance and sacrifice health and safety and ram a system through without proper consultation as opposed to doing things responsibly. Um, I don't even see a money saver in this other than they don't have to pay people short-term disabilities so much if they expect them to get injured. So, because facility costs, are you know, there's a one-time cost in, in making it, but I don't know. I don't know how huge of a savings that is even over the long run, over the whole scope of things. It obviously saves some money up front, but...
1: Well, it's not just the building of the facility, though. I mean, if you have a smaller facility, in theory, the um, the cost to heat it and the lights yeah. and all of that, all the maintenance are lower, right?
0: But the biggest thing there is, in most cases, you don't even need a bigger facility. Uh, right now, during COVID, they've limited how many people can be in a building at a time. And most places, they've gone to two waves or something like this. You have an early wave and a late wave and effectively doubled the usefulness of all the space in a letter carrier depot. So when a pandemic comes along, it didn't take them too long to figure out how to save a ton of space and make things work. Uh, But that's the excuse they use on this separate store and delivery uh, plan. And their excuse is, well, we have to, to save space. Well, clearly you don't. Yeah. And
1: they've, they've already been doing the, the shared cases, at a lot of at a lot of facilities anyway like I know we had uh, pretty much all of our relay bag drivers share a case with uh, a letter carrier so the letter carrier comes in sorts their mail uh, gets out of the case while the bag driver is delivering the bags that the carriers have sorted and then once they're done their bags they come back and they sort their mail so that they can go deliver it after so we already had people at least in our facilities sharing a case um, and that did definitely save some some square footage in the building.
0: But we have I can't remember exactly thirty eight cases I think, and six or seven of them are flip cases like that. I have seven, yeah. So we could theoretically add another 28, 29 odd cases or letter carriers in there. Yep. In the facilities we have, the only difference would be uh, parking in our case, but separate store and delivery doesn't change parking at all. I guess you could pack the vehicles in closer and assume the first one's going to move out of the way of the second one and not necessarily make them all accessible at the same time.
1: Would you, would you have, like, drive-through things then? Yeah, because if you put like, them in queues kind they of thing. if they come back first, then they'd have to be at the front.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see how it would affect anything. So they're really not saving...
1: It sounds like it would work, but we all know it won't. No, it won't. (laughs) Because the number of times I've seen fights at the dock about who gets to park there now. Well, and people wouldn't be able to park (laughs) in an
0: order if the shift was ever partially covered between two people or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just, there's other ways and better ways. And you can go to Calgary Deerfoot and look at better ways.
1: So as part of the contract extension that was recently ratified, um... The corporation has offered to um, allow other other locals to do a memorandum of agreement like they've done in Calgary's Deerfoot plant that basically says that they're going to have multiple waves of letter carriers sharing cases in order to not go to separate sort and delivery. So you'd still get to sort your own mail and deliver
0: it. So the new uh, agreement, I guess included with the contract extension, doesn't say that this is the way to avoid SSD it says they can consult on a method using the deerfoot model as a reference right and it doesn't guarantee that it's accepted or not it just says that they have to consult on options and deerfoot is a model for that Uh, they could come up with something totally different but uh, basically a way to separate and do multiple waves and change the work method a little bit without changing Um, without splitting up the separate sort and delivery and without forcing carriers to do eight hours on the street.
1: Right. So in Deerfoot, um, they've done two separate agreements, one for urban and one for RSMC's. Now, uh, so the urbans would have four carriers sharing one case and the RSMC's would have two. Now, there's some changes to the usual work methods of RSMC's here. So they'd be using 862 cases. Some of them might need health and safety training on how to use those cases properly. And how they how they can be adjusted.
0: A62 would be the new modern ones that lift as opposed to the old wooden ones, which are the 64s, yeah. I believe.
1: I love the fact that you can move them up and down. I'm a very short person and I don't like using a case after a really tall person has used it because it's just not comfortable and it's actually painful by the end of my sort.
0: I've never heard anyone happy about shifting to the A62s. Once you get used to them, they are much nicer cases. You can put magazines in without folding them up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they are just more adjustable and easier to use I think you lose the drawer though which is kind of a pain yeah but
1: but also you if you have like one point of call that gets a lot of mail you can make it wider as long as there is enough space to shift everything else along you get two
0: large shelves underneath which are Mm
1: -hmm. just
0: as good as a drawer I think but uh yeah I far prefer the new cases
1: they're also probably a lot easier to clean if you're sanitizing your case in between uses clean for for COVID (laughs) It's a thing. Some people clean. Um, I have no idea. Anyways, so one of the most notable changes here for me, for RSMCs, is that they would then have scheduled start times because you would have Wave 1 and Wave 2. So it's no longer come in at any time after your mail availability time and do your job. It's you have to come in on Wave 1 and you have to come in on Wave 2. There's also some gains here, though, because they're saying that um, the RSMCs would get paid for the actual hours worked. Oh, that's nice. So up to eight hours, they would get paid regular time. And if they work over eight hours, it would be overtime.
0: That's huge. I would almost prefer this for some season, maybe.
1: Right. Well, and none of this whole, like, if you work more than 40 hours over a period of this long, and an average of whatever, like, there's none of that math calculation. It's like, I worked nine hours today, pay me for nine hours. So mm-hmm. that's in itself a huge win for RSMCs, no more working for free
0: The McPherson decision did a lot of good things for us and overall i thought was pretty decent not perfect but this is the that's the one thing where i think she really dropped the ball was not guaranteeing rsmc's pay for all hours worked nobody should be working for free
1: yeah it's just it seems so contrary to everything that working people in canada believe is that you know you, we, I, I go to work to get paid and i should get paid for all the work that i do it's just basic
0: yeah you know <laughs> and it allows the corporation to um, build routes intentionally to cause unpaid work right. which is just disgraceful
1: yeah um so this uh this agreement can be canceled by either party provided they provide 12 months written notice or else it will expire on July 15th of 2024 um
0: it doesn't say what it goes to in 2024 does that mean they go to separate store and delivery full at that point or i guess we'll just have to renegotiate and find out
1: it doesn't say i think yeah it would be we decide if we're going to continue this system or look at a different system right hmm. i mean in theory we'll be into a new contract by then right so
0: hopefully one contract with and in it
1: exactly um <laughs> I think we say this in every episode. Why can we not have them in the same contract? We can just have one book, and I don't have to remember two sets of rules for grievances, and um, then every time we win something, we win it for everyone without having to say, oh, and also them. Um, so the urban agreement is very similar, except that there would be four people sharing a case. So there would be two carriers on wave one and two carriers on wave two. And the way that would work it's a little bit complicated. So the way I had it explained to me is they used letters. They said, okay, Wave 1 has an, a carrier A and a carrier B, and Wave 2 has a carrier A and a carrier B. So carrier A comes in, sorts their mail, ties it out, delivers it, just like we do now. Carrier B takes the manual sort mail, so the, the magazines and anything that can be machined um, that they sorted yesterday, and tied out and combines it with their sequenced mail and their priority items, their parcels and packets, and then go. So very quickly, half an hour or less, just with their end of aisle cart and their silver bullet, combine that mail, get it in your truck, go.
0: When they say combine, they don't mean um, address by address combine. They mean take this block and put it with this block. So you still have those two bundles we talked about.
1: Yeah, so it would probably look kind of like that two bundle system where you put the flats behind the letters or vice versa yeah.
0: which is really a four bundle system because you got your sequence your non-sequence your flyers your flyers and day. your parcels
1: i know and like to me that's still uh, basically what i'm saying is i'm only comfortable being an a because i like everything in i put my packets in i'll i'll put i'll put a bundle in my bag that's a parcel that i need to scan and the, the mail for that and call it bundle two and be like Two all oh, goes to that house because I do not want to miss a parcel. But I mean, I know lots of people who find that annoying and they don't like the way I tie out mail. So they're lucky I'm not their night router.
0: <laughs> I imagine if they did implement full night routers, they'd be pretty strict. It's like you have exactly this many points of calls, or you know, every point, of, every um, pole on the sheet would be one bundle or something. They'd probably be pretty strict on it.
1: Which would be funny because we all know there's poles that are three houses and other poles that are 60 houses, right? Yep. So you're going to have one bundle that's like barely fits on your arm stretched out and one bundle that's like you can pinch it between two fingers.
0: Mm-hmm. So. If they do ever make a system where it's one big loop and you get X many poles, they're just going to add one point of call to each pole this year and one point of call to each pole next year. Thing. And eventually those poles are going to be huge and it'll be an easy system for them to abuse. And we're going to end up with some insane routes. Because, you know, no matter what system we put in for anything, they're going to find a way to attempt abuse of it.
1: Right, to push the boundaries. They're like toddlers. They're always pushing your boundaries to see how far they can go.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> eh, toddlers have trouble lying. Do they? Most. Yeah. I you're guess not supposed to be do. able to lie efficiently until you're three or five in that range. Yeah i well, mine's, so mine's
1: five th- now, so... Yeah. <laughs> She's still really bad at lying. Like, she lies, but it's obvious. <laughs> um, okay, so, so in theory, they say the only thing that really changes there is how you treat your manual sort mail, but to me, not being able to sort all that other stuff into the case is a big change, because we we fought hard to be able to sort mm-hmm. everything in.
0: For some people... It's probably not a huge change, but that's very few. I don't know anybody who doesn't combine their mail right now.
1: Yeah, they might combine it in a different way. Like, I I fully advocate sorting your your magazines and your parcels in and then just taking the sequenced mail and putting those into the sequenced mail. Because I'm like, why am I sorting the sequenced in just to pull it right back out? The other thing that's very
0: obvious is if uh, you ever come in late for whatever reason and some other person sorts her out we all know that some people are very good at sorting and some people just are not or don't care because they're not delivering it right and if there's you know if you have 10 letters for one house and one's in the middle that you don't see you know who they're going to come down on for that misdelivery. delivery it's not going to be the person that sorted no you well
1: know. they're very inconsistent with that Like i've seen them write up people for delivering flyers wrong but then i've seen them write up someone else for collating the flyers wrong and you're like which it's, which is it
0: uh, favoritism depends on who they want to
1: yeah i guess i'm on a shit list. <laughs> I shit list, okay i'm i'm on the naughty list because <laughs> the corporation is santa
0: <laughs> they don't bring us any presents they
1: don't i know and not even coal at least you could warm yourself they don't
0: provide coal. warmth in any way
1: <laughs> okay
0: so yeah i've i've done my whole route with no miss sorts from other people sorting my route. And I've also had routes or come in with days where they've sorted one block or sorted half my route one way and then got lazy and sorted the other half the other way just because they didn't feel like it and all your mails messed up and they just don't care. And if I were sorting six routes a day, I think I'd probably find it pretty hard to care. I would try and do well, but I don't think by the end I'd be doing such a great job. Well,
1: I mean we have to also recognize that there's always interpersonal issues so you might do a really great job of sorting for that person who's nice to you and brings you a coffee but that person who swears at you every day probably not going to try so hard for their route right
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i want to be a night voter for all the free gifts punish those that don't
1: yeah i bake big cookies Mm -hmm. right i've always said that's the best way to make friends at work is bring cookies
0: i don't know i don't know i never made a friend
1: okay so hopefully that didn't didn't instill too much fear in you and you you've got a better understanding of the options and the process and you feel ready to to tackle the the new system if it comes your way or to negotiate bringing it in i think we
0: should stop and thank the people in uh calgary and deerfoot too for fighting all this and really putting uh you know really slowing it down and hopefully putting some cogs in the wheels here too uh, so hopefully none of us will have to deal with this because they put a lot of work into looking for alternatives to this plan and to helping shut it down so hopefully the corporation will be uh, a little hesitant to try and force this on others thanks to them
1: yeah and and they've also done a lot to, to make it work like to to work out the tiny details and to when things aren't aren't working based on the paper finding ways to to make it still function that's something that that often postal workers do because we just want to come to work and do our jobs and go home
0: yeah so thanks to Anna Beale and everybody else in Calgary yeah. I don't know who else was directly involved in that, but uh really glad you did that. Yes. And if you want to thank us, you can always send us an email.
1: <laughs> at overburdenpod at gmail dot com. Or you can like us on Facebook.
0: Or dislike us on Facebook. Or dis
1: can you uh, is there a you dislike? You can, can
0: unlike, I guess. <laughs> Do I need an evil laugh?
1: <laughs> Give me your evil laugh. No.